welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode number 79 of Just Jets. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary, back, going to be hanging out with you today. I got your voicemails. I got five things that I thought were positive from the New York Jets 12 to 7 win in the opener and so much more. But before all of that, fo- football is back as well as fantasy football draft. And that draft season is upon us. It's time to put the PP back in PPR league with the sponsors of today's show at Manscaped. The leaders in below the waist grooming just launched the new performance package 4.0. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with promo code JETS20. This will help you tame that Troy Palamalu in your pants. That's promo code JETS20. Get yourself something nice. Maybe it's a little more 4.0 the crop preserver ball deodorant the crop reviver toner get in there find yourself something good and enjoy so let's talk about five positives that i found in the preseason week one now this was a little bit of a different experience for me because i wasn't able to watch in my home studio where i usually love and watch you know and cover all the games I went away this past weekend and i really needed it it was awesome went upstate to angry orchard um, and was in the Walden, New York area, and we hit up a distillery too. So it was a fun weekend of just hanging out, but also was able to take in some preseason football. And if you saw the post-game video, you'd have seen that uh, I recorded in my hotel room. The hotel room TV was like preposterously small. It was wild. I know first first world problem, but uh, it was just, let's say, not my usual setup. So it was a little bit different. Uh, for me, so I was taking in a little bit of a different experience. Did have some time off, so uh, appreciate you for uh, following along there. But let's get into my first five, and the first one we got to talk about is Zach Wilson. I thought he looked poised. I thought he was, you know, fine. I, he was six of nine for sixty-three yards, which is seven yards per attempt and an eighty-six point eight rating. I thought he was solid. Like. Did he do anything that significantly jumped off the page and was like, oh, my God, this guy is going to be the second coming? No, he wasn't going to do that, though. I thought he did enough where he was like, okay. A few times he stepped up in the pocket, made some throws with some zip on it. I particularly liked two throws that stood out to me, both on third down. One, finding Corey Davis as they were marching down the field towards the red zone. That was a big play to extend the drive. And the other one was a 16-yard gain on third and long to Keelan Cole over the middle. Those two plays really stood out the most to me, but I liked what I saw from Zach Wilson. Again, it's not earth-shattering things. He wasn't awful. He wasn't amazing, like this unbelievable performance. He only played two drives, but they moved the ball well on both drives. He looked comfortable and poised. To me, that's the word I would like to go with poised that's what I took out of Zach Wilson's first performance in the NFL and I'll take that his first game action looked poised fine seven yards per attempt good you'll take that uh the quarterbacks after Zach Wilson bored me to death I'm sorry Mike White and uh James Morgan really weren't playing a fun brand of football is a lot of dump offs and uh short stuff but uh ultimately from Zach thought he did well 
The second thing on my list is the defensive line. Man, did they look like they belonged. And I know it's not even without, yeah, it is, excuse me, without Quinn and Williams, but they had five sacks and four tackles for a loss. Big night from rookie Jonathan Marshall. Uh, Hamilcar Rashid came in untouched. Uh, there were a few plays where it's like, oh, well, okay, this really stood out. Bryce Hoff had a nice play on the first possession uh, playing across from Carl Lawson. So the defensive line, if this Jets defense is going to be good, it's going to be because of the defensive line. So that is a great, great sign to see. Number three on my list, Denzel Mims. He needed to have a good game, and he did. Now, granted, he was playing with the third stringers, which you'd like for that to change soon because, well, he was dominating the competition. He had three catches, 51 yards, highlighted by that one play on third down. We heard he carried pretty much the entire Giants defense over the first down marker. That's why people are excited about Denzel Mims, and I think people were too quick to forget of him doing those things. He's not a traditional yards after the catch guy like a Jamison Crowder or Elijah Moore, I guess, in that sense. But with the ball in his hands, he's nasty. He's big. He reminds me of Corey Davis. I, I think there is a world where both of those guys could be on the field at the same time. Um, and for right now, Keelan Cole's in front of him. Um, I, I don't know how much how longer that would last. Uh, Vincent Smith was in front of him. Uh, Malone was, seemed to be in front of him a little bit, which... I just think the more this goes on and the more he gets healthy after losing 20 pounds because of bad salmon, we are still hashtag done with salmon. Then I think this is a good thing. And again, maybe he starts the season a little bit on the slower side. I don't know if you guys saw earlier uh, this week. I think it came out yesterday, actually. Uh, my projections for the wide receivers and pass catchers. And I had Denzel Mims third on the team in receiving yards. So uh, I think that goes to show you how I, my, my feeling on him and how I think he turns this around in the second half of the year. Also, someone we should talk about. I was going to say LaMichael Pirine, but I'm going to change it on the fly and just talk about running backs in general. Ty Johnson, I thought, looked explosive. And LaMichael Pirine surprised me, both those guys. And I know the yards per carry didn't look great for either one of those two. But they both flashed. And good for Pirine, who I thought was maybe the fourth or fifth running back on this roster. Uh, I really like Adams, though, too. So the, the Jets have really five running backs that they could work with. I, I really hope we don't get to see uh, too much more of uh, Walter. I don't think he has a whole lot of a, of a chance of making this team but the, the Jets are going to have some tough decisions when it comes to running back position. Johnson and P. Ryan, someone who's maybe like the third and fourth running back on the team, thought looked well. So that, that is a really good sign for them. Corey Davis is my last one, and I, I know they only had two possessions, the uh, first-team offense, but Davis looks like he's just going to be like the safety blanket for Zach Wilson. Every young quarterback needs one. Mark Sanchez had Jericho, Cotri, and Dustin Keller that he could go to in big spots. Those feel, felt like his big spot guy. To a lesser extent, Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson. But usually with the young quarterback, I like the Mark Sanchez comparison um, better. But with Davis, like he just seems like a reliable target on third down. He's going to find the soft spot get open, make a play because he's a contested catch guy. And and I don't know. I just thought he had a good game and showed me a little bit something. It, it was only two possessions, but I, I really think, and maybe it was because Elijah Moore wasn't there, but Corey Davis and Zach Wilson have started to get on the same page, which they weren't necessarily at the start of training camp. To me, it was more oh, like Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore. But uh, Davis 
being this team's likely number one receiver and getting on the same page with the young quarterback, I think is absolutely a good thing. So those are my five positives. Let me know your five in the, in the comments, uh, wherever you are getting this podcast or on social media at Matt O'Leary and why, uh, and without further ado, let's get into those voicemails. First up, we have chase in New Jersey getting into Zach Wilson compared to Sam Darnold in the first green and white scrimmage and early on in their jets career. Hey, Matt, it's Chase calling from Bass Gamers, New Jersey. One quick question on how you feel about Zach Wilson compared to Sam Darnold. I was at both the green and white scrimmages in both their rookie years. Tell me how you think Sam Darnold did and how much he's improved. And if you're nervous about Wilson, I'm personally not. His first play, his first ever scrimmage and game in MetLife, there's much to work on and plenty of time. Go Jets. Yeah, I'm not at all worried about Zach Wilson. I thought he had a fine, solid first game. Really couldn't ask for too much more. Um, Zach Wilson has pretty much exclusively worked with the number ones. Sam Darnold did work with ones a lot, but there was more of a competition with McCown, so they did work him in a little bit. So I don't think Darnold was as exposed as Wilson. I don't know if that's fair to, to word it like that. I, I think Wilson was put more on the spot right away um, than Sam, at least in, in training camp early on. And, and Sam put up some good numbers in his uh, preseason with the Jets in his first year, his first two years, really. Um, but that's really the main takeaway. And don't worry about a practice in August, please, for any player, whether it's a quarterback, safety, linebacker, whatever. Like, don't put so much stock into a, a, a practice before they even play a game next up is jack in florida he wants to talk about the kicking situation let's hear him hey matt this is jack from florida i uh, love your show thank you uh congratulations on 10k and uh thank you unfortunately i didn't win the uh the contest so i guess my pubes will just <laughs> keep growing <laughs> Nice. So anyway, but uh, hey, I just wanted to know. I watched one of your episodes when you were throwing the football into the pail, and yeah, you were looking pretty good. You were a little winded, of course, but you were looking pretty good. But hey, I just want to know one thing: if you get green bean, yeah, to place the ball on the ground, can you kick it <laughs> into the pail? Oh because boy, we're gonna need a kicker. I don't want to be losing games, missing field goals. Two times and missing an extra point and losing a game by three points. So can Green Bean hold the ball? Can you be maybe you can be your place kicker and can you kick it? You know you might have to start practicing kicking it through the goalpost into the pail, so that way we can win some football games. I love your show. Thank you. And uh, go Jets. <laughs> uh, I have zero confidence in myself trying to kick a football, but. Jack is correct in, in looking at and evaluating the Jets kicking situation because it's not good. I don't know if the Jets kicker is on the roster right now for this season. I don't. I don't have much faith in the SMU kid. I don't have much faith in Amendola. I thought Amendola looked better at the green and white, even though he was probably more of the second kicker yesterday or two days ago, I guess, at this point. I don't know. I, I don't think the one the kicker is going to be on the roster right now. I think Borregales in Tampa Bay is likely going to get cut because they're not going to keep two kickers on the roster. 
it's probably a good the, a good bet for who's going to get brought in here, but it's rough, dude. It's not great looking at this Jets kicking situation because it very well can lose you games. Week 1, 2019, perfect example. The Jets have a kicker. They start that game or start that season 1-0. and That makes a big-time difference. Thank you, Jack. Travis is up next. He wants to talk about his imposter. Hey, Matt! Yo! Travis from my... The real, real <laughs> Travis from my... I love it. Anyway. Love you and anybody that would shout out to fake Travis from Ohio. Like, love his day. Could have been better and been more, uh, what do I want to say? Sober or more <laughs> rambling, like I usually do. So, anyway, <laughs> shout out to him, but more, more or less, uh, you're a lecturer. <laughs> you keep it up, and you keep on doing, and go death, and love Mrs. Wilson. Bye. <laughs> doesn't get any better. It doesn't. Travis, you're a real one. Thank you for uh, being a good sport about it. I think that, you know, people don't do impersonations of nobodies. So uh, just remember that, Trav. And uh, thank you for the kind words. As always, you've been a real one since day one. I really appreciate it. Next is Jeremy, California. Comparing rookies, especially at the quarterback position, is that fair? Let's get into it. Hey, Matt, it's Jeremy from Sacramento. How you doing? Good. What's up, man? You had a good meal yesterday? I eat did. Your breakfast? You got to eat your breakfast. Always, every good. day. Um, hey, I just wanted to – just curious about your take on – I was thinking about quarterbacks, and, you know, Zach's up and down camp, which is totally normal. He's a rookie. I'm not freaking out or anything. I think I don't think anybody else should freak out. Um, I know you're not. Um, but I am curious if you think there's a difference um, or it's fair to compare – you know, I'm doing a lot, following a lot of the rookie quarterbacks uh, this year. Is it really fair to compare their camps to each other um, based on they're learning different systems? Mm. We don't know who's trying what. It sounded like Zach was saying he's not playing his normal game. It sounds like he's working on something that's like he's not improvising, and that seems to be his game. And maybe it's because he wants to get better in the areas that's a good point. Where he wants to grow. Like, I know I could break out of the pocket and run and, and freelance the play, but I don't want to do that because I know I'm good at that. I want to work on staying in the pocket for times where I have to stay in the pocket, and I want to become a great quarterback that way. And I'm just suspicious. You know, that's what I think might be going on when you're seeing him struggle is that might not look what it's going to be, what it's going to look like during a game. And other quarterbacks and other camps might not be doing that. They might have a different system. They might be playing to their strengths. Um, when I look at tape and try to get content to see how they're doing, the film always looks different. Like they're in different parts of camp. Um, so I'm just curious about your take on that um, and just what your feelings are on the differences yeah. that the rookie quarterback might be experiencing based on camp. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, really, really good point, Jeremy. And I agree with everything you were saying. Like 
I love, first of all, I love the Zach Wilson comments where he was like, yeah, this is practice. I'm going to be trying different things and see what works and what doesn't. Like, that totally makes sense. I love that about him. I thought that was a very smart decision for him to do that or look at things through that lens, right? But at the same time, like, look at Zach Wilson's situation. He is clear, clearly, clearly, clearly the starter. There is zero threat of someone else having a job. So he's taking a ton of first-team reps. While just about every other starting quarterback scenario for a rookie is the opposite. Maybe you could say Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to start from day one. But at least they have the illusion of having a competition with a legitimate backup in Gardner Minshew. With the Bears, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, they've said time and time again that it's going to be Dalton. So different levels of expectations, different levels of competition there with a little bit more of the two. Same thing with San Francisco. Trey Lance has worked with twos, which there's n- nothing wrong with that. And he's looked good. I thought Lance looked good the other day, but it's not a comparable situation. And Mac Jones has, has Cam Newton. So they've mixed it up there. Each situation is unique. And I think that's the point that Jeremy was trying to make here. And he's right. You can't compare and see even in the preseason, like, oh my God, Justin Fields looked great. And he did look good, but he also played a lot longer than Zach Wilson did. Wilson had two drives. Fields had many more drives. I was playing later in the game. It doesn't, it's not comparable. Can we stop hanging and clinging on every preseason game and practice and throw and scrimmage? Let it play out before you can kill Joe Douglas for taking Zach Wilson over Justin Fields or whatever narrative you want to push. Because right now, there's a whole lot of nothing going on, and people will just want to be right. That's what it is. They want to be right. They care more about being right. And same with the Sam Darnold ones. You still see the comments of they should have kept Sam Darnold and because Zach Wilson looked bad at a, at a green and white scrimmage, and that that's the reasoning. It's just frustrating after a while. Just pump, Everyone needs to pump the brakes. Just relax a little bit and stop comparing every little thing these quarterbacks do. Ben is up next. He wants to get into some hot takes. He has a few for me. We'll react to him. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. What's up, dude? With the season only a few short weeks away, I figured it'd be a time to give a few of my hot takes that have come up for the season. I'm going to give about five or six and just let me know if they seem realistic or very far-fetched. Okay. So the first one I have, Elijah Moore becomes the de facto wide receiver one or the go-to wide receiver by week eight. Um, obviously, he's received a lot of praise from guys like A.J. Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. And I think he could be an all-pro this year. But I, So I think that he'll replace Corey Davis as the wide receiver one. By week by week eight. Okay. The second hot take I have is that Elijah Farrah Tucker is a Pro Bowler this year. I agree. There's with a that reason one. why they just traded up for him, and they clearly think he's special. So, I think they have, they see a few they see multiple Pro Bowls in him, and maybe they see one in his rookie year. Who knows? The third hot take I have is that Quinn and Williams and Carl Lawson will combine for 25 sacks or more. Ooh. Carl Lawson has been on, has been the best player on defense 
so far in training camp, and this is without Quinton Williams. And with Quinton Williams getting pressure up the middle, that leaves more, that leaves um, less help for Carl Lawson on the outside. The fourth hot take I have is that Hamza Nazarene will be will show flashes of being the next Jamal Adams, minus the headaches, of course. Okay, I'll take that. Hell yeah. He is a post. Obviously, he he had the ACL tear, but without the ACL tear, he was probably a borderline first round pick. And by watching his pilots in college and training camp, he reminds me of Jamal Adams. He hits hard. He can force the ball loose. He can stop the run, but but he can also cover, which is something that the man Blitz Boy couldn't do. And the last hot stick I have is that Michael Carter will go for over 1,200 yards in scrimmage and Ooh. score 10 touchdowns. That is hot. That might be – this one may be a little out of the reach. 10 touchdowns may, may be out of the reach. But 1,200 yards, I mean, I could see him getting 800 rushing yards and 400 receiving yards, honestly. And I think he, it's his backfield. I know, I know the style for the Jets is going to be a committee, but – I think it's going to be mainly his backfield soon, oh. and hopefully that's the case because I'm I'm in fantasy. So <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, those are some hot takes I have. Let me know what you think, and as always, go Jets. All right, so a, a lot to get into, a lot of breakdown. Um, I I don't really like the wide receiver one conversations. Um, just because, like, I don't know. I think it's a little overblown. I don't think he leads the Jets in receiving yards, so I guess I'll say no, but I, I do think he's going to be a big part of this offense. Would it stun me if he was? No, he's been excellent. I just think Corey Davis is going to have a little bit more, so I'm going to say no there. Elijah Vera Tucker, I definitely think is a pro bowler this year. I agree with that one. Um, you also had the Michael Carter one. I'm going off the top of my head here. I should have really just... Oh, the 25 sacks one was third. No, I'm not going to go that high. Uh, I'm going to say l- low 20s, like 20 or 21 between the two. Maybe 22. I don't think he gets up to 25. 12 and 13 sacks. That would be awesome, but I, I don't think he gets that high. Hopefully I'm wrong on that. Uh, Nasraldine, I think, is going to be the starting wheel linebacker. I think he's going to be good. Do I think he's going to be Jamal Adams good? Uh, I don't know. I know things added, ended badly with Jamal Adams here, but he's a, he's a good player, and that's a big-time ask. I think he'll be a solid starter, which if you, t- you take that from someone you get on day three, and I know Nasruddin probably should have went on day two. Uh, if he was healthy, he would have went on day two, but still. Um, and then Michael Carter, I, I'm not going to agree with you on that one. I think it's a touch high on both. They're going to be too much running back by committee. I don't think 1,200 is doable. Um and ten, 10 touchdowns a little bit high. Maybe like at like six combined touchdowns, I think, for him. But we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I really do because I like all of those takes. I think they're interesting and they're optimistic, which is good. I love talking optimism. Vinny from Peakskill. Vinny, before I play your call, my man, I was thinking about you when I was on vacation. And you're like, and I know some people would be like, what? Why? Well, when I was driving upstate, I passed Peekskill, New York. And I was like, this is where the guy Vinny's from. That was my thought. So, Vinny, I was thinking about you. Let's get into uh, Zach Wilson and overreacting. Hey, man. It's Dave from Peekskill. I'm calling you just about a little under a day and a half before the Jets-Giants preseason game. 
I want to talk about people overreacting about Zach Wilson with the scrimmage and the training camp and all this. There's a lot of factors to this. Number one, we're just trained to be negative. That's true. We've had so many bad breaks and bad luck that we just automatically assume the worst. Number two is you have the media always in a negative limelight when it comes to the Jets. Uh, three, yet our society is geared towards instant gratification with everything in our modern life. That when something isn't immediate, the way we want it to be, we just we just get frustrated. That's true. Out. And then last but certainly not least. Part of this, I think, is just the Darnold fanboys who still can't, some of which who still can't move on. And I think they're just looking for any sign of weakness to rip apart at because they're just frustrated and they don't want to admit the truth that moving on from Sandar was the right move for this organization to take. That's all. And go Jets. Vinny, you're spot on. It's just because, I don't know, people like to, again, like I talked about earlier with Jeremy's call, people like to be right. They root to be right. And at the same time, like everyone lives and dies on every single practice, preseason game, scrimmage. Can we let things play out a little bit, please? It's August. We don't know that Justin Fields is going to be the, is the right, should have been the pick or the right pick. We don't know. We're not going to, and we're, guess what? We're not going to know probably until 2024, three years from now, probably. That's how long it took to find out that Sam Darnold wasn't it. And I liked Sam, especially in his first two years. And I don't want to. I don't want to go back and relive that. Of oh my god, I I liked him, but the regression this year and, and the contract. We know the story. We know everyone knows. But everyone's got to overreact to every little thing. And like Zach Wilson makes a mistake, it's like oh my god. See, they should have t- taken. Justin Fields, or they should have kept Sam Darnold, and then Wilson's like, well, in practice, you know, I'm trying to see what I can get away with, and CJ made a really nice play on the ball, uh, so I, I know I'm not going to do that anymore. But no, that's not as good of a story as is Zach Wilson struggling. And by the way, how about uh, Pro Football Talk coming out with that headline? Did you see that? After the Jets-Giants preseason game on Saturday? said a quiet night for Zach Wilson? Really? I don't know. I didn't agree with that at all. Praised, absolutely loved Mac Jones' performance. We threw for about four yards per throw. But uh, what is the what was the exact headline? I I, I want to find the exact headline so I could read it to you. Zach Wilson has quiet night in Jets debut. Yeah. Don't know. Don't love that one. I don't think he was quiet. I thought he was pretty solid. Last one is going to be Nick in New Jersey. Let's get to Nick. He's got some reaction from the game. Yo, Matt O'Leary. What's up, dude? Nick from New Jersey. <clears throat> Sorry, I lost my voice a little bit from the Jets game. Very exciting. Hope you had but fun. I just wanted to call in just to say the defense looks fantastic. And I really think Denzel Mims showed what he could do in his limited role with the second team. I thought him juking out a couple defenders and running for a touchdown 
show what he can fit in this system. He can make yards after the catch. Isn't that what a lot of fans had criticized him over, that he's not one of these guys? I think any wide receiver can fit any scheme given any opportunity. Hmm. Let me know what you think, Matt, of the game, and let me know what you think about Denzel in that game. And the defense looked fantastic. I just want to say again, I thought it looked amazing. Let's go Jets. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought the defense was really solid, especially the defensive line getting pressure. Um, Corey Ballantyne made a really nice play on fourth down, but then ended up getting beat for the touchdown, so he was up and down. Lamar Jackson, I didn't think really was all that good. Um, but I really thought Javelin Guidry had a nice game. Bryce Hall had a solid game. Even Bless, I thought was okay. Um, but really, one of my bigger takeaways was, one, Wilson was good. And two, Denzel Mims showed that he should be getting more than just reps with the third team. He was dominant against bottom-of-the-roster players, which isn't surprising because if you saw what he did in the league last year against starters, he put up good numbers. So I'm really I'm not too surprised with that, and I think he will continue to rise up the depth chart. Um, but to, to before we wrap up today's show, usually we close out with... Um, we close out with a call, but there was some news that broke while I was recording, so I'm gonna gonna talk about talk about it, even though I didn't see this man coach. Former Jets coach Joe Walton passed away. He was the Jets coach from he was the offensive coordinator from in uh, 1981 to 1982, and he was the Jets head coach from 83 to 89. And the Jets had some good years in that era that obviously is you know uh, the time period in in the 80s where the jets were making the making the playoffs and making runs at that point um you had a, a loss in the divisional round and a wild card loss during that time and they lost the conference final and lost in the wild card with him as a offensive coordinator but Walton was was pretty solid. Eleven and five year, he went seven and nine, seven and nine his first two years. Then eleven and five, ten and six, six and nine, eight, seven and one, and then four and twelve before they moved on. But one of the better coaches in Jets history, uh, and it's it's sad. He was eighty five years old. It's very sad. So rest in peace. He went fifty three, fifty seven and one. As head coach of the New York Jets, two playoff appearances. And it's just, it's a sad thing. You don't like to see stuff like that. Um, thoughts are with him, his family uh, during this time, the Jets organization. Sorry to end on a somber note, but I, I wanted to bring that up. And again, I know I, I didn't see him coach. That's before my time, but I understand his importance to the organization. And just wanted to throw that in here at the end. So sorry to end on a somber note. That's going to do it for episode number 79. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. Subscribe if you are new, and I'll talk to you next time.